Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Welcome to all of you again, and um, especially if, special welcome to Amanda and Celia who've come all the way. Um, actually, from from where did you guys come? <laughs> yeah, to to um, from from Malawi via via Standerton. <laughs> And um, yeah, um, Amanda is a is a is a wonderful child of God who really loves the Lord and um, who's not only passionate about prayer but who's faithful in prayer. And uh, I think we can really open up our hearts and learn from her and um, trust God that He'll teach us. So um, yeah, have your notebook ready. If you don't have a notebook, I think we have a few extra pages here. Rochelle, you can just ask Rochelle; she'll give you something to write on if you don't have something. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll take notes if you need to, but more important than, than making sure that, that it's, it's, it's written in a book, make sure that, it's, you, know, that you really hear what the Lord is, Holy Spirit is saying to your heart. Um, that's, that's so important. And, and I just um, want to remind you, you know, remember what we do is we, we live, live the gospel, love the people and obey the Spirit everywhere. And we, we call this the overlap between gospel people and spirit, the discipleship sweet spot. And because we, we say everything worthwhile in the kingdom happens here in this overlap. So effective prayer also happens here. It's when you take the truth of the word and, and, and the gospel promises of the word. Um, and in a loving community, in the power of the spirit, you pray those things into being. You, 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 you ask God for those. You, you remind him of his promises or you stand on his promises and you, you, you pray it. So... Um, you know, like everything else in the Christian life, um, it, you know, even in prayer, we want to hit that place. We want to really take what God has promised in His Word. Uh, we want to experience the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we want to pray uh, in a lo- as a loving community. We w- and we want to pray for people. One of the best ways to love people is to pray for them. I, 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 I can think of few things that are as loving towards our family, our friends, our colleagues, our nation, our neighbors, than to actually pray for them. Um, and we must talk to people about God, but we must also talk to God about people. Um, so so let's, let's really um, embrace that. And, and Amanda, please come and share with us. We're excited to hear what you have to say, and uh, may God bless you as you share with us. Let me just pray for you, actually. Father, I just... Thank you for Amanda, Lord. Thank you for the gift that she is to us um, as your church, Lord. Um, yeah, and, and, and we just open up our hearts to her, Lord God. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll put your words on, in her mouth, Lord God. And that, Lord, even as she asked you, Lord, that she'll be so sensitive to you, Lord Holy Spirit, and to your guidance, Lord God, uh, in terms of what to share and how to share it, Lord God. And um, we just consecrate it to you. We pray for your protection upon her. And we pray for your blessing and your anointing upon her in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) I hope I'm not too loud for you. (laughs) I don't know if you're a loud crowd, (laughs) but I have discovered that there is so much power in joy. It strengthens you. And the joy of the Lord is given to us, comes from Jesus. You can't buy it. You can't fake it. You receive it from Jesus. When your heart is aligned with his heart, when your life is aligned with his life, and you allow him to direct your steps, 
there's just something that's being poured out in you except for the love of the Trinity, the love that's between the Father and the Son, between the Holy Spirit and the Son, the Holy Spirit and the Father, the Father and the Holy Spirit, that very same love, that very pure love, that undefiled love, that unrelent, that relentless love, that um, uncomplicated uh, love, that abounding love is being poured out in us, us by the Trinity. And our biggest partner and our most important alignment is the alignment of our hearts and our mindsets with the mind of Christ, the mind of the Trinity. We have the most powerful team that wait to partner with us, that wait to see how we say, I surrender, I give my life. I will die to self. I will die to my culture. I will die to all the known things in my life so that you can pour out in me everything I need to become the new creation you have made me to be because it's from a place of being a new creation as children of God, as the reborn, the redeemed of the Lord that we should walk. And this is the perfect alignment that Lord, the Lord is seeking from us. So I want us... To stretch out, you can just sit, stretch out your arms, stretch to Jesus. Jesus, we are stretching to you. You said you fall all in all. And the Trinity falls this temple, Lord. Your presence, your power, your love, your nature. Your character, how you think, is poured out in us and we stretch into you, Jesus. We delight ourselves in you, Lord. And Father, I pray that you will delight yourself in your children. And that each and every one of them will experience your delight in them as we delight in you. And we are not here to perform. You are looking for realness, honesty, because that's who Jesus is. He's real, he's honest, he's pure, he's holy. Everything he made us to become, Lord, is uncomplicated. And Lord, I pray that today we will connect, you will connect our hearts with the heart of the Trinity, the uncorruptible love of the Trinity, the abounding love, Lord, that we truly need to do what Jesus did on this earth. Lord, I pray, use this broken, cracked pot to bring light to each one of us as you minister, minister to me, Lord, minister to us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, um, the Lord is so real. And he's seeking realness from us, family. God is nothing fake in him. There's nothing religious in him. There's everything real. Everything so holy, so pure. And he calls us into a, a dimension and a walk with him 
where we can truly become the light, the glory light of God on the earth. And I'm actually more prophetic teacher, so notes intimidate me and you must know it, okay? <laughs> Just know my weakness is notes. <laughs> but we need notes. But what God was speaking to me while we were worshiping, and we sang the glory of the Lord will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. The sea. And we need to understand, children of God, there's no way that the light, glory light of God can fill the earth like the waters cover the sea. If the sleeping giant, the ecclesia, the called out ones, stay asleep. Because Jesus in John 17 verse 1 spoke and he said, Father, glorify your son so that your son can glorify you. In verse 5, he prayed. The longest prayer recorded, uh, Jesus' prayer recorded in John, John 17, and I'm sure all of us know that, but he prayed and he said, give me back my former glory. Now, Jesus hadn't been to the cross yet, okay? He had to redeem and take back every dimension that said Adam lost in the Garden of Eden as a man, the man Jesus. He said in verse 5, give me back my glory. And in verse 22, I think, Jesus prayed. He continued his prayer and he said, I gave them my glory to unite them so that the world will know that I am the sent one. I'm the Messiah. And right in the beginning of what I don't know will come from God for us as, as his church because the church is a house of prayer. So there's not something, there's people that flow in, 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 in intercession more because that practice the presence of God more. It's not that you are not called for that. So the power to change communities to change spiritual atmospheres, to change the climate over regions, lies in the manifest glory of God through his church in a, in, in a region. It lies in unity. And I cannot become united truly with the body of Christ if I'm disconnected from the Trinity. I need to open myself up and say, I want to know the mind of Christ. I'm laying down the old mindset, the old thought patterns. Everything old I'm laying down. And I'm opening myself to total renewal because this is the place from where we pray and where we will impact places like we won't even believe it. I'm willing to die to self, my own desires, the way I've been taught. Many times I just had a conversation with somebody that's working, that offered to work and actually asked to work with me on the project in, in Balame, it's a village in Salimo area, it's in the central of Malawi where we built a care tax center for orphans. Miracle, miracles happen where the presence of God is, okay? Just know it. Um, and I said, you know, I cannot come with the old 
Afrikaner mindset and try to do something for God. I cannot come with a Koza mindset or Chiwa mindset and think I can do something for God. Because the word says, who knows the mind of Christ? But we have the mind of Christ. So the mind that God can use under the unction of Holy Spirit to transform is a mind that is willing to yield to renewal. Romans 12, 2. Renew your mind daily through the washing of the word. And God wants us to understand that that he, he is looking for the ecclesia, the real church, to come and in an alignment with heaven, to impact earth. It's, we know intellectually mostly that the word of God says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. But we need to know it also relationally. What does it mean when God sent you to a foreign nation, to come to a place where people will be healed and transformation will come to lives, to regions, and to declare my king, the kingdom has come near. What does that really mean? And God used the apostles in this extraordinary way after they received the Holy Spirit. And he's waiting for us to truly open exactly what Pastor Hini said, the three things, love, truth, and power. Without true love, <laughs> the love of the Trinity poured out through the Holy Spirit in my heart, as Romans 5, 5 says. Without love, I will never be able to walk in the truth. But it is the truth that actually uh, bring me revelation truth that empowers me to release that abounding love. So I need the truth of the word to activate the abounding love. Love without boundaries means I will love the unlovable. I will love the persecutor. I will love the, the Judas in my life more than myself or like myself. Abounding love means where I lie my life down and open my heart to a dimension where it's not my will, but the will of God be done in my life, through my life, in places. In, you know, I've ministered in Manakwari in a, in a prison and um, they told me 40 minutes before the time we are on our way to a prison and you will be the evangelist for the day. And I was like shocked and I really started to sort of, you know, tremble. And I said, God, what is your message? And he said to me, my message to prisoners is love. And I went in there and I shared a little bit of my testimony Oh, I asked God, God, who is the people that I will speak to? And he said to me, murderers, rapists, and corrupt, financially corrupt people. And I shared a, a little short part of my testimony and how the Lord healed me from the childhood sexual abuse for, you know, that, that, that I've been through 
And it's a minor, it's not a major, because the love of Jesus is just so all-powerful. If we would just come to a place where we say, I surrender it all. I surrender that pain to exchange it for the power of love. And it's only the truth that can set us free to a place where we actually will realize that it's not a manna that should change because I cannot change. But it is the exchange that took place on the cross that empowers me to receive the fullness of the price, the fullness of the love, because Jesus' love paid the price. And it's that love that's a healing power. It is that love that empowers me through the Holy Spirit to love the unlovable, the murderer. So I've brought that very short part of my testimony, and, and I saw there were about 70-plus um, inmates, mostly men, and um, I told them how much Jesus loves the rapist and the murderer. And the Lord did something so phenomenal that day. You know, it's only his love that saved me. And that delivered me. And, I, 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 um, you know, the Indonesians are shorter than me. I feel so... <laughs> I'm a giant. <laughs> and a short man came to me and he looked me in my eyes. And when I looked him in his eyes, my brother, millions of stars jumped out of that eyes. And he started to speak to me and he said to me, Ibu, what is your name? And I said, Amanda. He said to me, my name is John. And I said, why are you in prison? He said, I'm a rapist. But today, I've met Jesus. And it doesn't matter what we do. Prayer is very important, and we will speak about it. But whatever you do, I don't pray to change people. I pray to see the kingdom come and his will be done on earth as in heaven. I pray to see the gospel advance. And as a, I came to salvation at the age of 11 in Jeffrey's Bay. <laughs> Hilda Ferrara, she went to be with the Lord last year. I had the privilege, privilege to honor her before she, she finally went home to thank her that she cared for little broken girls. But, you know, that day the kingdom came into my life. Because I experienced the love of Jesus for the first time ever. And I can tell you, it doesn't matter what we do. If we are disconnected from the love of the Lord, we cannot be impactful. We cannot bring the kingdom right into places. We can come with knowledge, but knowledge without the Spirit has no power. It's got no power. Knowledge without love, we will use it as a dagger, as a spear, as a javelin, the three weapons of Satan, to hurt people and to try to change people. But when the word of God is mixed with the spirit and it comes directly from the unity between the Trinity because the Father directs the intercession of the Son daily, 24-7. He's still our high priest. He is still interceding for us. And from that place, through Holy Spirit, he pours his prayers in me. The scriptures that I should pray, 
the, the heartbeat of God, the compassion that I should have for this day, the specific people, group, or person, or business, or whatever. And from that place, the Spirit flow into me, through me, in the name of Jesus, back to the Father, and I start to see the change. And as a 13-year-old girl, I read an article in a Heisgenoot those days that Andrew Murray wrote on prayer. And evangelism. And he said, but God wants us to preach the gospel to the people near and far. And he wants to send us to nations. And I started to pray as a little girl, not being discipled. And this was my discipling, the Heisgenoot. It's an article. God discipled me through an article because he knew one day I will do what he wants me to do. And I started to pray as a girl, and I said, God, what nation do you want to send me to? And I took the encyclopedias. Remember? You don't know anything about it. Do you know about Google? I took that green encyclopedias, and I started to read up about nations. And when I came to Malawi, something changed in my heart. And I started to pray, if you want to send me somewhere, send me to Malawi. Now I'm 60 years old. I've been at the age of 13, 14, and 15, about roundabout there for a few years. I prayed this prayer. And God is faithful. At the right time and the right season, you will see the fruit of your prayers return. Your prayers prayed will return with much fruit. And you will see the supernatural work of God. This is what today is all about is to come to a place where we understand the youngest of young need to pray. Because that little girl, her prayers availed much. And today I'm doing something for God that I can only imagine our angels is at work. Because in my own capacity I have nothing to give. Not finances, nothing but with the creativity of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and the revelation inside of the Holy Spirit, I am more than a conqueror. And you are more than a conqueror. So I'm sharing some practical things with you before we even speak about prayer because this is what changed my life. This is what made me see fruit, real fruit. This is what made me see the light of Jesus expel darkness. Even right now, while I, w I, I was working, it's the fourth time in Malawi, this, only this year, establishing the, um, in the poorest of, poorest of poor areas of Malawi, a caretake center, there's 106 orphans. So the Lord says, this is a kind of fast he wants from us, okay? But listen, what gives you courage to stand up as a church and say, the territorial uh, atmosphere that are under the control and dominion of darkness should change because we are here. The word says, darkness cannot comprehend light. But what will make us that lighthouse? What? What will make us a lighthouse to a point where the witches will come in like they did now, the gully gully witches, and they just passed by. 
that came, they watched, and they walked off. It's not even worth one second, you know, giving attention to what they try to do, kick up dust and intimidate you. What's worth doing is to pray for their salvation. It's to focus on heaven, to bring the kingdom to earth in their lives as well. So I'm going to work from my notes, otherwise I'm going to be in big trouble (laughs) because I think we are, you know. So the spirit realm directs, controls, transforms, and affects the natural. So what is happening in the spirit dimension, and I want to say, starting with my mind, because this atmosphere determines what can manifest around me. I know there's so many angels here because we have worshipped, we have prayed, we have availed ourselves to the Lord. There's angels at work at the moment fighting for us, helping me, helping you. We have the supernatural on our side. But a church that's not a praying church will never, ever impact the spiritual dimension to to change the atmosphere to a place where healings will take place, cancers will fall off. When it comes into the dimension where we operate, it cannot stay because the word says darkness expels, uh, uh, cannot comprehend light. And when we click, this is from this dimension where we pray. It is from this dimension where we decree. It's from this dimension where we bring our petitions. Where we become that glory light of God. First of all, because we are united to the Trinity. And we respect them and we revere them. To such a place that I refuse to be in disunity with the body in any way. Doesn't matter who that Judas is. Jesus served him community, communion. He gave him a last chance. So our focus is not on who hurt us. Who, our focus is on that kingdom come, that will be done in this life as in heaven. My focus is not on the Songoma. They came, they stood in front of me for 17 minutes, the one, staring at me. And the only prayer I had was if she could only experience your love today, Lord. If she can only connect with your love, she would not stare at me. She would bow her knees, knees, now and not one day. And I've seen the power of love. And if we as intercessors come to a place where we understand we need to become a vessel, Carrier of the light. Love is a light. And do you know that that in the demonic, those whose spiritual eyes are open can actually see the presence of love? They are so fearful. Because it's uh, they say it's such a bright light that they are scared to come near that light. Scared. So we cannot impact and change the natural realm unless we change the spiritual. We cannot effectively evangelize and bring transformation to Stober, to Ferndale, to a city, unless we deal with the darkness that blinds the understanding of the unsaved and those who long to meet God. 
Job 37 verse 19 says in the Amplified, Tell us, Job, with what words of man we may address such a being. We cannot state, talking about God, okay, we cannot state our case because we are in the dark. So people that were still in darkness came to Job and said, how come he talked to God? In the presence of the unsearchable God. So they asked Job, Job, with what words of man may we address this being with a capital B? It's amazing. It's an amazing question, but I want to show you something. In the New King James, it says, teach us what we should say to him. For we can prepare nothing because of the darkness. And these people in our cities that lives next to us, that work on the same desk as us, in the same building as us, in my business, even in church, that are in the place that says we can prepare nothing because of the darkness. They feel disconnected from a God. Now, Paul, in John 17, gives an answer to the Athens. While they were while they written on a plague to the unknown God. And Paul started to explain to them the God they are referring to. Who is the creator? Who is the trinity? How does he function? And he answered them in this way. So Paul, standing in the center of the Areophagus, said, men of Athens, I perceive in every way, on every hand and with every turn I make, that you are most religious or very reverent to demons. Speak straightforward to the, the religious church, okay? For as I passed along and carefully observed your objective, your objects of worship, I mean, I came also upon an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Now what you are already worshipping is unknown. This I set forth to you. And then he, he came with an answer in verse 26 and 27. Now he explains to them who is this God, he says. And he made from one common origin, one source and one blood, all nations of men to settle on the face of the earth, having definitely determined their allotted periods of time and the fixed boundaries of the habitation, their settlements, land and abodes. Now he explains. This is where we need to play an extremely important role to bring the kingdom dimension, he says. So that they should seek God in the hope that they might, might feel God, grope for God, and find him. Seek, feel, find. Seek, feel, find. Every person that has been placed in this region where the church is planted by God has a mission. Seek God, feel him, feel him and find him. But if it's still for we can prepare nothing because of the darkness, if it's still that they cannot connect because the atmosphere is 
under the control and dominion of darkness, then the church is not the light on the hill. We are not that glory light that needs to fill the earth as the waters cover the sea and Jesus be revealed to the world. And all that is also, again, um, you know, grouped into one thing, unity, because of the glory manifested to reveal the Son, to reveal the Messiah. So it's just an introduction to how did God call us as a church? How will we get there? Okay. So it is not the people that people do not want to come to Jesus. No. No. The word says the whole earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. When I pray from a place of being a son of God, Lit by the Holy Spirit. Be a peacemaker. Then I become an answer to my territory. Okay? Unless we change the spiritual climate, nothing will change. For the weapon of our warfare warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So I need to understand what sonship means. So when I pray, I know I'm in a partnership with the Trinity. And because I'm in a partnership with the Trinity, I will love the word, my prayers will be filled with the word, and the moment I start to pray the word, speak the word, declare the word, angels respond. And another dimension Added to the leading of Holy Spirit, added to the power of Holy Spirit, is a dimension of angels to escort evil spirits, uh, evil human spirits out of regions that dominate areas and pack with demonic spirits so that uh, openness in the heavens can be created. We create the openness in the heavens and people can hear the voice of God. How it works is this. South Africa is unique. We have every nation, every tribe, every tongue in this nation. You can go. I, I work with a pastor. I'm, I'm called to the Chihuahua-speaking Chihuahua speaking people. It's the focus for God in my life. So I support a ministry in Cape Town. Chihuahua is a Malawian person. And he ministers to all the Chichiwa-speaking people that come from Zim and Zambia and Tanzania and Malawi and parts of Mozambique in the Cape Flats. So he had to establish a beachhead. He had to establish a stronghold for God in prayer and start to knock and pierce the darkness. And now he's leading so many Muslims to Jesus. A dominantly Muslim area. But he had to come in in prayer and he had to start to release light, release truth, release a heart broken to see that lost safe in prayer. Sink his heart to the heart of the Lord. Allow the compassion of Jesus for the lostness of the people that belongs to Islam and, and ancestral worshippers and whatever else to 
just start to live in him. And his prayers and the people that is rising up, their prayers in unity knocks down darkness, push away darkness. And suddenly we see the gates of hell cannot prevail. We see it. And I can come and teach you about prayer, and I'm going to do it. I promise, I promise I will. But what changed my life was the day that I've discovered loveless prayers. It's called projections. Grace, not the prayer. Hurts and binds. Unless I come before God, I want to grow in intercession. I want to be a prayer warrior. I have the desire but I need deliverance. I'm still offended with my brother. Oh, he said something terrible, and it offended me, and you don't know what he said, and you don't know my pain. That is flesh. And now I start to pray for that brother, and I use the word of God, and without knowing it, I'm wounding my brother. Because I'm not praying from a place where I partner with the Trinity, I'm playing, praying from a place where I want vengeance. He must come to repentance. He will come back and he will repent. <laughs> that leader of mine, you know, you don't know what he did to me. My father, my mother, my brother, my friend. And offense. Disconnect me from the love of the Lord because Matthew 24 says, Many will be offended and grow cold in love. And then he speaks of the false prophetic, false signs, wonders, and miracles. So what blocks us from being a house of prayer for all nations? Offense is the number one thing. The word of God says through the offense of one man, sin, death came, death came. I think it's in Romans 8. Through the offense of one man, speaking of Adam, death came. Offense released death. A church that's offended cannot be a house of light, cannot be light on a hill. So offense is one of the biggest, biggest blocks to powerful prayer. Offense of your spouse, because I want the last say, I want to win this argument. I'm not willing to be the least so that I can be a peacemaker. That's the son of God. I want my say. Okay? In the argument that work, I want the last say. I want this person to say, I understand. I agree with you. And friends, family, there's one place of agreement. It's a green with the heart of the Trinity, with the words of the Trinity and what they want to release through us as intercessors to this earth. And when we become one by allowing the glory dimension of God to change me, to shape me, to change my desires, my mindset, because my mindset, when it's not the mind of Christ, your mindset directs your actions. So if this thing is still under control of me, my will, and not the will of God, 
my actions and how I live and how I speak will not align with heaven. And our words wounds the spirit man. It's a Proverbs. I think it's Proverbs 14. Or 414, somewhere there. Can it feel like cry? My words wound the spirit. So now we sit with intercessors, wounded souls, because we just say what we want. And we use the prophetic to prophesy, change to people that we want to see, instead of dealing with the offense in my heart so that God can use me as a channel to bring transformation and true transformation. And we see the effect of it in our nation because of all the racial divide, because of the, the, the um, gender divide, because of many reasons. We see the effect in the church. The church does not operate in the supernatural the way we should. I've been ministering to a cell group in, in Stellenbosch just a few weeks back. And the Lord gave me such a compassion for those loving people that sat actually in darkness and they didn't know it. And they thought they are not good enough, they are not powerful enough to bring healing to one of the cell members that had cancer for stage four. She actually just heard it that day. I didn't know about this until I've, I brought the message. And I started to teach them because they like to pray, but they don't see the effect of prayer. And I started to teach them who they are in Christ, a new creation, one new man. And that whatever we do should come from that place because I am surrounded by Jesus in heaven. I'm in him. I'm in him. I'm seated. But on earth, I'm filled. My temple is filled with the Trinity. And the most powerful unit and partner that I can ever think to work with lives in me. It's already in me as a reborn spiritual child of God. Because the Father is in the Son, the Son is in me, and with salvation, my spirit was reborn, and with baptism, this power came upon me. And I just ministered a simple word to them. And then they told me about this, this woman in her 70s that discovered that uh, she knew she had cancer, but they told her it's stage four that day. And she was quite shaky. And I just felt, let's do what Jesus told the Ecclesia to do. Go, heal the sick, and declare the kingdom of God has come. And I asked him, who of you have enough faith tonight to pray for your sister? And suddenly, where the one who invited me said to me, you know, Sham, she's, she's got cancer, but we know most of people with that kind of cancer, all people die. And I thought, Lord, your word says, it's for your name's sake that you heal. Who of you have faith to pray for this lady? And all of their hands went up. So we sat there in the middle so nobody can try to take glory. And we started to pray. And we rebuked and bind that strong man called cancer, infirmity. And we rebuked it and commanded to go. And we released her inheritance. Is healing. And you know what? I forgot about it. But just a few weeks on, 
she went for her test, her cancer lemma. When they are going through all these things, I have to test it every so many days or weeks or something. And the doctors are baffled because there's no trace of cancer. Because the ecclesia woke up. The ecclesia found a place in prayer. And they know, sure, that when they speak, God backs them up. The throne of God, the authority backs them up. And now unity in truth was established, revelation truth came. And unity was established in the spirit. We need that to become as one mind before for God because that's why I say one new man. One new man is not chauffeur and AFM and one new man. We have families and we need to function in families and it's godly and it's good. But in the spirit, I can unite with any child of God. And the truth is what set us free. And that night the kingdom came near. It came near a cell group. Because suddenly... Revelation knowledge came. The one thing that we desperate need in the church is Ephesians 1, verse 17 to 19. It's that it will come alive in us. Alive. As prayer warriors, we need the spirit of wisdom so that we, as, uh, we don't move presumptuously and we just pray from a place of knowledge. But we pray because wisdom lives in us. And we pray because the revelation is in me. The seven dimensions of Holy Spirit and the fullness of the dimension is in you. This is what will build your faith. Why Jesus said in, in Luke 18.8, he's concerned about one thing. Will I find faith when I return? Faith in my house. Not a rich church. Not the shiny everything. He's looking forward the day when he returns to find faith. And faithfulness in prayer. And this is what empowers us. So when the word of God becomes like a sword in my mouth and I become acquainted to pray scripture and not only my own prayers... You know what that, that, that causes? I come in alignment with him that will judge with a sword that is coming from his mouth. And in Revelation, the word says, it is a sword that's, sword that's coming from Jesus' mouth. But he says his word in my mouth becomes like a sword. And I need to align myself as a prayer warrior with the words of Jesus Christ who is the word. And when I fall in love with the word and my prayers are absolutely saturated with the word, then as I speak it, the Holy Spirit power backs it up. The angels are, are respond to the word of God. And now I see what it means that the word will not return null and void, but it will return with much fruit. And when a church starts to speak the word, when a church starts 
decide to purify himself. A family, church family like this. Beautiful family here. And we decide corporately, we are going into a time of fasting and prayer and ask God, where is their offense? Where is their, where is their unforgiveness? Where is their idol in my life? Where is their den of thieves in my, in my spiritual walk? Where am I biased? Where do I take sides for one Christian above another Christian? So that God can come and heal me and restore me and become that vessel that will bring the glory of God into a place, the place where he wants to use you. And I've got a prayer school family. I can just give you my notes today. But I feel the heart of God for you so strongly. He wants to break down the lies. What you believed about yourself. I'm not called for the miraculous. We are called for the true miraculous. It's where heaven manifests on earth. Jesus sent out his 70 in Luke 10. And he said to them, as he sent them, and I can just imagine two by two into, into the different cities. It's just before the gospel was preached to, to the Gentiles for the first time. And, and um, before Je- it's even before Jesus died, I think. <laughs> but anyway, he said, go two by two and then stand and observe. And see, the harvest is ripe. So there's nothing wrong with the harvest. The harvest has been ripe 2,000 years back. It's still ripe. But he said, look and pray to the Lord of the harvest to thrash out more harvesters into the harvest fields. So we don't gather to hoard. We gather to scatter. The church that will become powerful territorial is a church that empowers his people not only to pray but to evangelize. To stand in the harvest field and as I look onto this and I say but it's too many people this place will not host all the people. Lord send more harvesters. And then God said and heal the sick and declare my kingdom has come near. How does the kingdom come near? Come. I just said it. Heal the sick and declare the kingdom has come near. Jesus did not buy a vain price. 1 Peter 2 24, Isaiah 5, uh, 53 5. By the stripes you are healed. I have sent my word and healed thee, and the word. Is Jesus. It's a person. He came. He did what he had to do. And he paid that price. It's a full price. And we are not perfect. I just want to say, because in the spirit the Lord says to me, some of you feel maybe you have failed. No, I also had the operation. I've been in warfare to, to and trusted God that this thing will just be big, 
lump on my thyroid will just vanish because I said it's cancer and I cursed that cancer and I spoke to it to leave my body. And instead of waiting a little bit longer, I went because I, I suffocated. It, the thing grew around my my uh, So I went because I didn't want this anymore. And they came back and they said, there's no cancer. God had already healed me, but I needed that little bit more faith to walk that one or two or six weeks longer to see the manifestation of it in my life. So we are not perfect. We are in a process of growing to we can truly do what Jesus did. But the goal is, in prayer, is to move the spiritual climate and open a way for the Lord to come. And our prayers, the Lord says, my house will be called the house of prayer for all nations. The Father's house should be a house of prayer for all nations, but you made it a den of thieves. That's what the word says. Sometimes we can make idols out of the weirdest things. Even worship, because everything must be perfect. What more do we want than what we had this morning? A spirit-filled man of God whose heart's desire is after him on a guitar. And we can take that guy into a village, and we don't need electricity, we don't need sound, because the Spirit of God is there to do. And I experienced the Lord so fresh in it this morning. Family, the Lord says in John 2, verse 15 to 17, and I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. So Jesus found some rope and made it into a whip. Then he drove out every one of them and the animals from the courtyard of the temple, and he kicked out their tables full of money, scattering it everywhere. So it didn't Jesus was quiet. Okay. And he shouted at the merchants, get these things out of here. And I can just think with how much authority he spoke. Get it out. Don't you dare make my father's house into a center of merchandise. Okay, it's a passion translation. We can read it for you in... Okay. I, I love the Amplified Bible. I read mostly the Amplified and New King James. And ESV... Also, and whatever else. <laughs> I've got the thick books and I've got the thin books and everyone in between. <laughs> but it says it so well. That's when his disciples remembered the scripture that said, I am consumed with a fiery passion to keep your house pure. Now, in those days, the house had walls. But Jesus said, I will break it down in three days and I will rebuild it. And here we sit. Here we sit. And we are that temple. And my house should be pure. As a child of God, and I know what I say today is the truth. My eyes, what I see, will influence my mindset. So if you're a movie freak, Sorry? Be it. 
you will go to heaven, but maybe you will not do mighty exploits for God. Because Daniel said in Daniel 11:32b, those who know that God will do mighty exploits. And I cannot know God if I spend more time on movies. And I weet nie wat al die goed is in Netflix en alle goed, want ek weet nie hoe dit eers werk nie. But if you spend more time seeing what Hollywood did than looking in the spirit dimension to see what your father wants to do through you, you will not accomplish his purposes on earth. And if you want to become a powerful intercessor, it is not eloquent words. It is your heart that is in line with the heart of the Father and the Son directed by the Holy Spirit that will make you powerful. It's not how hard we can shout when we drive our demons. It is if does that demon discern the Spirit of God in you the trinity in you, because I am a carrier of the presence of the Lord. And there is certain things, if you want to walk in the fullness of the authority and the spirit of God and the power of God that has been poured out on us, don't grieve him. Don't spend your time on stuff that's irrelevant to heaven. Don't spend your time and fill your prophetic faculty by watching onto things and hearing swear words and stuff that defile you. Don't. Don't surround yourself with gossipers and slanderers and, and, and um, worldly people. They are your mission field. They are not your best friend. Yes, we build relationships, but it's not my best friend. It's my mission field. Yes, I love them, and I pray for them, and I desire their soul, but I don't surround me with people that curse all the time because I stand the chance to do the same. The den of thieves, a love for money can be a thief. A love for power can be a thief. A love to be seen can be a thief. A love to be right can be a thief. A love to be self-righteous and why I don't want to speak to that person and why I'm not going to that house anymore and that child of God is false can be a thief. And it can inactivate us without us knowing it. Because religion looks like the real thing, but it's dead. There's no life in it. And God wants us to know it today. If my body becomes an idol and I need mirrors to see myself from morning till noon and how I look in the mirror, and if my body is a 30 or 28 or don't even know what is the sizes, Somebody told me the other day, I'm in a 30 band now. And I thought, oh my soul, as if I my begin, why door in our village? Imagine what come for my boy. But I'm glad for your 30 pants. 
Don't make that an idol. Don't make it a thief. That's still the presence of God. Because you spend two hours in the gym or three hours in the gym and then you read Bible on the toilet. I'm talking, I'm talking the truth today. I'm talking because I minister to people that wants to become prayer warriors and I find they read only their Bible on the toilet. Is this what I think about God? He's worth my time on the toilet? No, 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 family. And I know it's hard words, but it can deliver, it delivered me. The Lord never, when he prunes that beautiful tree to give it more and better and export fruit, he doesn't come to me and say, Amanda, you know what? <laughs> you like gossip, girl. <laughs> I give you two weeks more. Enjoy your sin because in two weeks' time, it doesn't work that way. He comes to me and he said, my daughter, I prune those, chastise those who I love. I don't like this in your life. Repent or bear the fruit, the consequence. And as prayer warriors, the most important thing, before we even learn what does intercession mean, pagar in, in, in Hebrew, we need to know what is it that the Lord has placed in us? What is the new that will empower me if I pray, Jesus? If I reach out in the spirit and I see that, that gully gully witches, and I say, Lord, they are so lost. No many words. It's not your will that they perish, God. Lord, open a way for the gospel to reach their hearts, to break off that veil. When my heart is turned to God, my prayer life changes. It's no longer Amanda, oh Lord, oh Lord, Amanda, oh Lord, my fortune has 430,000 kilos on, oh God, thank you, Jesus, it did 340 kilos for you. Hallelujah, it can go to a million. Because there's work to do for the kingdom of God. And my life is no longer focused only on the glamour. God wants us to prosper. But if it is a thief in your life, let it go. God came to me 13, 14 years back and he said to me, Amanda, your husband is an idol in your life. He sat on my throne. I want you to get your priorities right. I never said worship your husband. I said you must worship God Get him in the right place so I can use you. It's a little bit more than 13 years back. And I had to come to a place where I asked God, give me understanding. Because, you know, all the doctrines in church, we need to honor our husbands. That's godly. And I preached that. But the Lord didn't say, worship your husband. He never said, make fear a ruling spirit in your life, fear to lose him, fear not to, to, to be the wife. That, no, 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 no. My spirit will lead you to be everything I made you to be in his life, but get him off that throne. It's a thief. can be a thief. Another thing that can be a thief, 
is an overfocus in marriage on the physical. It can become an idol. And we preach those things in church. And we make marriages an altar unto idol worship. The Lord never said flesh, flesh, flesh. He said spirit. Prevent the sp- uh, um, God, the spirit of marriage. That's what he said. Malachi 2, 15 and 16. God, the spirit of marriage. Many people in church cannot function. and ca- as, uh, They are not powerful because they are absorbed with the physical side of marriage. The Lord is speaking. God, the spirit of marriage. It's the, it's the covenant between us and Father. It's the unity between us and Father. And there is such a powerful thing in that for us as a church to become powerful in prayer, changing atmosphere. If we want to save the marriages out there in prayer that are suffering because of the dominion of darkness, we need to open our marriages to the dominion of light. And understand, when Adam and Eve came together, in the Hebrew, two Hebrew words, there is a secret written in there. And those who know Hebrew will be able to tell you, but I can't just quote it. I have to have it in front of me because I did the study this way. There is, I think, say, there's four um, Hebrew letters that spell Adam and four that spell Eve. But what makes Adam and Eve different from each other is two Hebrew letters. And when you take the one out and the other one out and you put it together, it spells the name of God. And the unity between couples are Yahweh. And Satan hates that. And he know the power, because when we as intercessors are united truly in the spirit with each other as spouses, the unity declares the Lord, day and night. And that is why God says, where there's unity, God commands his blessing. And many couples struggle, even financially, they Although you come to prayer, although you are faithful in church, but you are disconnected from your spouse and the unity between the two of you are disconnected from the unity in heaven and you are not that powerful, the powerful way that God has called us to be. And I'm not so much, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about spouses that's not saved. But when I teach the intercessors and say it's a husband that's coming and the wife is not saved yet, I'm not worried so much about that. That then what I'm more worried about is the unity between them. Because of the one, the other one is righteous. And if I understand the principle in the word of God, I, I guard the unity between me and my husband or me and my wife more than anything because the unity declared Jesus. And nothing can come and stand against us. Look at marriages in the church that fail on leadership level and normal level. They lost unity. The backup of the covenant, the backup um, protection of the covenant were lost because they started to fight each other instead of discerning the enemy and darkness and 
stand together and say, in Jesus' name, you are not welcome. And this dimension will make you powerful and unstoppable in prayer. Unstoppable. And the Lord came and he cleaned out his house. Luke 19, 45 to 46 says, Jesus entered the temple area and forcibly threw out all the merchants from their stalls. He rebuked them saying, the scripture declares my father's house is to be filled with prayer, a house of prayer, not a cove, cave of robbers. And as a church, for our corporate prayer to start to impact and punch a hole in the dominion of darkness and rip that veil and get it off this region so that souls can come to salvation. Kick out the thieves. Sit two to two, two, one to two. Sit in groups and say, what thief do you discern in your life? We want to come clean as a church. What mask do I wear when I'm in church? How Do I suffer all on my own? Do I struggle? Because I'm too prideful to ask for help? Pride cometh to a fall. God resists the proud. It's a thief. But the humble he lifts up. Come and say, he need. Pastor, he need. I need. We need, we need help. We have a deadlock. Both of us are proudful. We don't know how to get out of this thing. Will you help us? And sort it out so that your prayers can avail much. The prayer of a righteous man avails much. What does righteous mean? To be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It means to walk in the revealed will of God. And it's given to us for free. Don't need to perform. I don't need to work for it. I don't need to earn it because the blood of the lamb has paid it. I need to make the exchange. Give him the rags, give him the self-righteousness in exchange for the righteousness of God in Christ. And now my will will no longer be stronger than the will of God. It will become easy to submit. And we pray from this place where we understand that God lifts up the humble. He exalts the humble. It's where I come to a place that love abound. It's no longer I, me, myself, and my shadow. <laughs> but the word says we are according to the image and likeness, which means shadow in Hebrew. And the only shadow that should be important to me is to become, to shadow Christ. You know the term in the corporate world? I'm in a new job and I need to shadow Joshua. I need to see what he do and do what he do. And that likeness means to shadow Jesus. What are you doing, Lord? You've got this. I need to see how you got it so I can do what you do to get myself out of trouble. And this dimension will empower your prayers. It will. I can give you all the notes on the end. You can work through it. 
Maak niet die taal reg. Maak niet die spelfouten reg. Don't judge me. So the atmosphere of my father's house is prayer. The aroma of my father's house should be the prayers of the saints. It's not only for the prayer closet. I know people get upset with me when I say, take away the prayer room. This is the prayer room. Make it a, the atmosphere. Jesus invites us continuously to a prayer meeting in church. Because he says, my house will be called the house of prayer for all nations. You should be coming to my Father in worship, petition, supplication. But instead, this is what Jesus said to them, of keeping that atmosphere and understanding my Father's purpose, you made it a place of making money. A place where we, we gather instead of making a place of worship, petition, supplication, prayer. The thing that should distinguish the house of God is the aroma and atmosphere of prayer. When people walk in, they walk into the presence of God. And guess what happens in the presence of God? Darkness must flee. Illness must flee. Lack must flee. A poverty spirit an orphan spirit, those things are darkness. It cannot stand in the presence of God. So when we start to do what the Father do by loving on him, if we love on him, if we stretch ourselves out to Jesus, and we just stretch and say, come, come, Lord, change us into this house of prayer for all nations, we will start to see the harvest flowing in. Because the light cannot be hidden. The light becomes bright. And people, because they are yearning for, for the Lord, they seek him, they will start to feel him. So one of my favorite prayers is this. Jesus, will you touch every home in a kilometer radius, 50 kilometer radius, whatever faith God has given you? Will you start to touch them? They are looking for you. Help him to feel you. Simple prayer. Lord, we draw them with cords of love. Bring them. Send me where they are. Lord, let them experience your healing power. Let them experience deliverance. Because that is what church is all about. It's not a lekker plek waar ons keier, en we have rask, en we have apples, en it's nice, al die goed, ek gaan ook daarvan eet. And it's important. Fellowship is very important. But this is not a lekker plek. This is where we release the power, where we release the light corporately to impact our community. This is purpose. Maar ons kom naar die kerk toe lekker leeg, we are dry, because I haven't spent time much in the Word this week. And Henny must perform. I look so out now. I read word that Henny today is going to preach, Pastor Henny. Yes, I'm dry. I'm dry. But the Lord says, one come with a word, one with a song. We come prepared to give. Because together, 
the Lord says we are living stones built into a temple to become the temple. I am the temple, but with my brother in Yelitu, it's not so lucky about my Leticia Johannes. Now we are the temple. And together our light is stronger. Why is it stronger? Because we're two or more gather. There I am. So the moment the three of us come together, the unity releases a revelation that Jesus is the sent one. Not Muhammad, not Allah, not Kali, not Ganesh, not that new age or that um, Hindu God, but the Trinity. Jesus is the sent one. And it's us together that release that. We cannot use tradition to determine the atmosphere of the Father's house. This is the culture of this church. My friend, you are binding people. We have no culture but the culture of Christ. My good friend, um, African Flopey, wrote a book, uh, Saved by God, um, Imprisoned by Culture. Saved by God, imprisoned by culture. We are here to become one man in Christ. And we pray from that place. We operate from that place. So now it's no longer we beg you to become part of the ministry teams in church. I run for that. Because my little brick, if it's not in the wall, that living stone, there's a hole. There's a gap. And God wants us to fill that gap. Hallelujah. Preaching, yes. We need to do that. Teaching, oh yes. Discipleship, yes. But my house should be called a house of prayer. That's what he said. Did we notice that the church was born while the disciples were praying? Nothing else. They prayed in the upper room. For 10 days, waiting on God. Day 9, oh, nothing is happening. You know, is God really going to do this? But if God said so, or if Jesus said so, it will be. So, teaching is important. And I will give you a scripture just to confirm that. So, you But, he is not going to tell you to come to prayer. You will come. Hallelujah. Did we notice that the church was born? I, I said that. Acts 4, when persecuted, start, they started to pray. And, and let me tell you something. We need not to wait for persecution because it will come. We need to be a strong house when it comes because we need to become a shelter for those who will run to us. Satan is positioning our government to bring strong persecution to the church. Strong. He's busy working on that. And what makes me think that maybe God will allow it is the fact that China, the underworld church, is praying for persecution in South Africa for us to wake up to become the light that God has called us to be on the continent. And not bring 
all the evil stuff to the continent because we are a role model to Africa. And as a church, we need to wake up. We are, should be a role model. We should set the standard to what must happen. So uh, I think my tight is up to come to a... I think no tight. So my tight is up. Okay, okay. This is God's house. It is a praying house. It is a powerful house. And it starts with Amanda. It starts with Andre. It starts with each one of us. My personal prayer life. My personal worship time empowers me to flow in unity with a body that prays at church. So I'm not coming empty Sunday mornings or Wednesdays or when you have your prayer time as a church. I come full. I come with a word. I come with a dream. I come with a vision. Because I'm open. I am praying. I am worshipping. I have my personal relationship with the King of glory. My heart and the doors of my heart is wide open. He enters in. I, I am open for his presence. And when I leave my prayer closet, I don't leave him there. Lord, please stay here. Because you know where I'm going now. I won't feel comfortable to take you with me. And actually, I've ministered to a daughter of God in ministry, addicted to sex and pornography. A daughter of God. Did I say son? Daughter. A woman. A woman minister. She loved Jesus. But when she left the house and her church, she left a different light. And therefore the Lord says, be careful that the light in you is not a dark light. Invite the glory, king of glory in. Say, Lord, I want to kick out every thief, everyone. And I want to become an effective living stone built into your temple. And don't feel condemned. There's a way out. Jesus made that way. He never condemns. He always invites. He never told you change. He said renew. Exchange. <coughs> Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this morning session. Lord, we just submit it to you. And to the revelator Holy Spirit to bring the fullness of the revelation of what you want to deposit in each one of us, in me, starting with me, to empower us so that we will become that house of prayer for all nations you made us to be. I pray give your church courage to stand up, to kick out what belongs to evil, and to invite the glory light of love back into their lives as we together form your house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. 
For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.